Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, hon. So, unique show. This is uh, questions from listeners that came in, and uh, we're going to take these questions on. They have not been rehearsed. We're going, what is it called? Ad hoc. We're just going with whatever we go with. Flying by the seat of our pants. This is an AUA. Ask us anything. And we got some interesting questions. Some are hilarious. Some are pretty common. And then some have made us go, hmm. So we'll go, we'll start going through the list. We're just going to start at the top, work their way down, and uh, we'll get through as many as we can get through. And we're just, like I say, we've not really discussed these, so let's discuss them now. Okay, so here's the first one. How rigid are you as a couple with having personal and business conversations? No, personal slash business conversations. Do you schedule certain times to discuss business? You start. Oh, well, great question. I think if... um... I had um, any kind of sniff that there was a work-life balance, uh, then maybe I'd say we don't have any boundaries or we or we are not rigid because our life is very fluid. It, it surrounds ourselves. We surround ourselves with um, conversations about work, about life, about business. It's a very natural flowing thing, but we, no, we don't say from seven to eight, we're going to talk business. And from nine to 11, we're only going to talk, you know, I don't know, what else is there? Well, I think there's a couple things around it. You know, first and back to your comment around life work balance. I think people strive for that and we just never have. We got to a point where we realized that that was not even a thing. And there is no such thing as life work balance. There's just life. And uh, have you, you know, and which we were really focused on was just creating our life. And because we're entrepreneurs, we've got different businesses. They are just part of our life. So on any given day, as much as we're doing business, you know, we're, because we work from home and we have that kind of flexibility to do what we do, we're also just doing our life, whether that's, uh, I don't know, feeding the dogs or having a conversation with a friend or family or working around the house because we got things to do around the property. So I guess to your point, it is very fluid in that regard. So it isn't scheduled time. We do have tendency, I think, to have discussions, let's say, more in the morning before we kind of get underway. Generally, by the end of the day, we're both kind of not interested in talking about business other than maybe a quick recap debrief. I usually walk in and say, how was your day? What was your wins? That's kind of how I usually go with it. Yeah. And I think, um, back to the whole work-life balance thing is I think we're being kind of sold a bill of goods there. And I'm really seeing it in a little bit of the younger generation is that they, they have these boundaries or these walls up where they don't want to talk business or they don't want to talk another business on top of a different business. So, so there's really, um, strong, rigid boundaries. We don't have those. So thanks for that question. Cool. Okay. In business and relationship slash partnership, how do you balance a masculine and 
feminine energy? And I don't even know what that question means, I don't think. Yeah, let's dig into it. I think there's a lot of talk right now about masculine, feminine, and toxic masculinity and toxic femininity and all these labels. Another place to, you know, divide us as human beings. But I think what I've learned over the years, especially working in sport, and I this is my belief system, and I'm certainly not imposing this on anybody else. But I think as human beings, we have a nice balance between masculine and feminine traits. You and I do. I, I have some masculine traits because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm assertive. I'm outgoing. I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a bit of an ambivert, which is kind of more leans towards the introvert side. And we find, I find that you and I have a nice uh, balance where we find each other's, it's like Velcro, you know, or it's like the, uh, like Lego a little bit where we just find each other's um, sweet spot. I don't have real strong definitions of what masculine and feminine is just because of who I am. I believe that as human beings, we need both traits. I love the masculine side of you. I love the fact that I feel taken care of and all those, you know, traits that we, we um, define as masculine. And uh, I also love the fact that you have a very sensitive nature, which maybe would be defined as feminine. So I don't, we don't have these baskets of called masculine and feminine. I think we just have, again, a fluidity and an, a space and an honoring about what we're bringing to the conversation and whether we define it as masculine and feminine. I, I don't really know. Yeah, me neither. Not my area of expertise. That is for sure. Yeah, I think we have a good balance with that. To your point, I think you nailed it. We don't have a list that goes pink jobs, blue jobs. Like that's never been in our kind of thought process. And you see it in other people in it, and it can cause, you know, really great areas of communication, but it can cause some drama when somebody's not doing their blue job or they're not doing it properly or somebody's dropping the ball because they, it was a pink job and the pink job is washing the dishes. And so I don't, I don't think we have those. Uh, I know we don't have those definitions. Um, we just both pitch in all hands on deck and, and, and try to be good partners. Next question. Do you have off limits conversations? For example, in this conversation, we won't talk about business, just personal, or do you always allow it to flow back and forth and forward and so on? I think same question. It's fluid. Um, I, I, I would find it very difficult if I had to stop myself because what I find is in our world, because of the decisions we're making, whether it's travel or finances or investments or whatever, that it does cross over into things that we want to create in our life for our goals and our dreams and how we want our life to feel. So I think if we have these strong boundaries and we keep stopping it because it's a business, unless I guess unless I just really didn't like your business, I thought it was stupid or boring, you know, and you wanted to talk about it and I didn't. You know, I think that's from a from a business partner, from a even from a marriage partner, couple, life partner um, standpoint is is to really identify, you know, what is important to you and and do you like, if I need some time carved out just for me to talk about what's going on for me, are you my first go to? Not always. Sometimes I I really have some amazing women around me that I can work out my stuff before I, you know, kind of bring it to you because you're more pragmatic. I can get caught up in the emotion and sometimes that doesn't really serve us very well. Yeah, it's interesting the term off-limits combos. I don't think there's a such thing as an off-limit conversation uh, regarding business or personal. I think that sometimes our timing doesn't align. So in other words, 
you know, and that's usually me, I, I will want to talk business or I will want to discuss an issue or something. And you'll go, no, I'm not up for talking about that right now. We'll talk about it later. And, you know, that would be the extent of that. On the other side of that, uh, things do flow back and forth. If we do need to have a discussion about something specific, as in we got a problem we were facing, we got a decision that we need to make, then, you know, it comes up the way it needs to come up. And do we book time to have that kind of discussion? Sometimes, I guess we do. You know, we say, you know, based on our calendars, uh, do you have an opening today to discuss this? When would that work? Okay, we got to make a call on this. We got to have a discussion about that. Uh, somebody's looking for more information from you or whatever that might be. But the point is, is that we work it into our calendars. We both uh, work off calendars generally, uh, me a little bit more than you. But having said that, that would be, I think, how that goes. Yeah, and I guess dig it a little bit deeper. You know, I don't really think, even in, in, our, in our friends and family conversation, we try to be mindful and respectful about what people's boundaries are. And if they just don't want to share what's going on in their lives, I don't push. And same thing with you. If it's not a, if it's not time to have a conversation, then I, I try to be sensitive to know when a good time is. And and you know what? If you say, you know, I just don't want to have that conversation. I mean, I've had recently, you know, people close to us saying, you know what? That's really none of your business. What's going on for me here or there is just none of your business. I'm like, you know what? I'm good with that. I trust that the people around me will say, you know, I'm not comfortable talking about that. And know that I'm not going to judge or it's not going to be a confrontation. I just like, got it. I love that you have a boundary. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, you know, there's a part of you that's more curious than me. I also um, am sensitive to what somebody might be in and understanding that if they've got something going on, I'm aware of that it's going on. Uh, you know, I don't force the river in terms of a conversation either. I think it, people go through no different than you or I. We all go through processes in solving whatever issues we might have. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't want to talk about it until we're ready to talk about it. So I think we respect that because then that really is making it about the other person, not about you. You know, if you need an answer now, that's about you. If, uh, you know, they don't want to give you that answer, uh, you got to accept that because it's about them. So I, I, think, I think I'm saying that right. Okay. Uh, next question. What's the thing you've each learned from the other about mindset that has inspired you? Mm. What have I learned about mindset from you that has inspired me? I think when you went on the stoic journey, that really opened my eyes. I remember when we started our personal growth journey, we started roughly around the same time, but we kind of, you speed ahead and I catch up or I speed ahead and you catch up. Someone's always kind of leading and someone's kind of always following but when we we get together and we're on the same page and i think that's what happened when you started the stoic june uh am i saying it right stoic journey is that i started reading the book and i started understanding that what you were saying to me wasn't that you weren't interested or you weren't you know getting caught up in the emotion of what i was talking about you were just more grounded and you were looking at it through the eyes of a stoic and I didn't understand that at first. And over the over the you know, the time that you were doing the work, the the daily stoic for that year, I really got to see that that space that you held for me to work through my own stuff just by being stoic. It didn't mean you didn't love me or you didn't want to care about what I was going through, but you just weren't gonna buy into the drama. And that I think is one for me, one of the biggest learnings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think for what I what did I learn from you? I mean, you really set me on the path 
uh, really to kind of that world of self-discovery and understanding that, you know, it's a never ending kind of thing because we're always evolving and changing and we stay open to really uncovering what we uncover about ourselves and learning about ourselves and knowing that we're always the only ones that are really getting our own way of having the life that we want. So uh, I think I would learn, I've learned that from you. You're much more, you're way more fun than I am for sure. And that is, I think, you know, that's not just your nature. You actually, that is a mindset. So you're a little bit more positive in general. I think that's shifted over the past couple of years. You're not as positive. But uh, if I was going to take anything away that I could say that I learned from you, it's really about uh, being joy, being positive, not getting caught in some things. Uh, I think that you do a good job of that in general, uh, much better than I do. And I'm really funny. <laughs> yes, and you're really funny. Okay. Who usually initiates the tough conversations? Me. I don't know about that. I don't know about that question. Because who usually initiates... Who, Okay, slow down. Who initiates the tough conversations? I think we initiate the conversations that need to be initiated. If uh, you know, if it, if there's something up for me that involves you, or I'm seeing you and you're starting to annoy me or piss me off about something, a way of being, I don't know what that might look like. But my point is, is that I think we either one of us will bring up a tough conversation. That's what I like to believe. I think that's true. Yeah, I would agree on that. I just know that there's sometimes there are conversations that we need to have around decision-making and it gets frustrating for me that sometimes you'll put off those decisions to the point where either something can go south or something we, I, there's nothing I can do to, to put in the correction. And I think that's not that it's bad or good. It's just, I, I sometimes I feel like I'm needing to have a, a tougher conversation or more um, granular conversation. And if you're not willing to have it, I also notice that, um, I've over the over the last little while certainly have, have have been backing off trying to push through to having those types of conversations. But I think we are, you know, aware enough to be responsible for expressing what it it, it it is we need to say. We've got the ability to call a straight talk when we need to call a straight talk. We have the ability to um to ask for to be heard, you know. Can I say what I need to say without comment? You know, can I say what I need to say without you trying to fix it? Can I say what I need to say without dot, dot, dot? And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. And I think that there's just not a lot of conversations that we need to have. I think it's just the way that we are. So if something, I don't even know, this question for me is a little bit, it's not that we don't have to have tough conversations, but I think it's just the nature of how we operate. So yeah, very little incompletions. And I think where tough mm -hmm. conversations come in, in in relationship is when there's a lot of incompletions things that needed to be said didn't get said you're operating on top of it there's a lot of you know maybe historical you know drama that's happened or some things that didn't get discussed and then it turns into confrontation and i don't think you or i neither of us like confrontation but but when we do fight we fight or we come we have conversations about an issue we don't generally fight with or at each other okay i agree now what do you love most about doing this particular work as in mindset matters the podcast presentation we do and working together in general what do i love most about it yeah well what do you love most about the work we do and working together what i love most about the work we do is that we're creating it 
you know, we're not taking a script from somebody else's program or we're not, you know, just saying we're figuring stuff out as we go and we're not pretending to be experts in anything. And and I love that, that at this stage in our life, 30 years in together, 27 years married, that we can still find ways to be interested in what each other says and, and be curious. So that I love that about the work that we do. Uh, what do I love about working with you? Well, most of the time it pisses me off because you're so organized and you just need it to be a certain way. And I'm more of an artist and I want to do it my own way. And that can really cause some, some issues. And that's where some of our disagreements can come because I just feel like I need to be more in the moment and create in the moment. And you're more organized and you take way more notes. And and I've learned a lot about that. And I, and I have a notebook now that I have and I take notes um, more so than I ever have. But I really learned a lot from you with um, I don't want to, I'm not interested in like tech and, you know, when you come around and fix my camera and fix my Zoom and, you know, Nina comes and fix my lighting and, you know, I, I, I don't like any of that stuff. But what I've learned is that it's important. It's important when it comes to being professional and it's important to, for us to, to be able to communicate in a way that our message gets out and that we can be a contribution. It's interesting about, uh, you know, the tech and the setup and, you know, what I love about doing the, the Mindset Matters, this particular segment, plus the, the Everyday Millionaire podcast and all the rest of it is that, you know, I just like the conversations. I like the contribution. I like sharing those insights. I like the learning that goes along with it. And I like the teaching or the role that I can play in facilitating conversations and continuing to always be great at interviewing uh, somebody or having these kinds of conversations and, you know, be concise, which I'm not really great at being concise. I kind of wander around, not as bad as I used to, but that's all part of getting better at it. What's interesting about, you know, the past three years about working and, you know, really we had an office in the past, at least I had an office in the past with a team. So I could flow in and out of a podcast, get support because somebody was in the office. Now it's, you can't justify, we don't have a standalone full-time office anymore. So the team is kind of spread out and I don't have access to the support that I've sometimes had in the past. So that is one adjustment that we've had to make. So I've become, I've always been pretty tech savvy anyways, but I'm really having to take that role on, which sometimes is a little um, frustrating. Tech is sometimes frustrating. To say. Yeah, but you see, but you're good at it. And that's the other thing about your ability to be kind of MacGyver guy is that you're good at, you can, you get good at it because you focus on it. And I admire that about you as well. Um, I just want to know what you admire about me. So what do I like? So um, your, creativ your creativity is good. Your kind of organization of getting to produce a segment's a little tough. Uh, that can be taxing on me uh, because I'm a little more pragmatic in my approach your creativity is very good. You're very well-spoken. And I think you're better at communicating than I am. And I enjoy that part of it because you can carry a conversation. I don't feel like I have to carry a conversation. And I like your creativity. So you have certainly a far higher degree of creativity than I do. To your point, I like creating the work with you. In other words, as we put shift program together or mindset matters, the program together, you know, you came with many years of good, solid content that you had created or that we had actually created some together. So that was kind of fun. And uh, like you, I enjoyed doing that part. Great. Next one. Okay. You both seem to agree on a lot of issues of the topics you discuss. Are there things you disagree about 
And how have you handled that over the years? Do you even fight? Oh my gosh. What was that? Do we even fight? Yeah, that's the question. So you both seem to agree on a lot of issues. We do. In the topics you discuss, generally we, we agree. Are there things you disagree about and how you how have you handled that over the years? Do you even fight? Okay, I'll take this one on. So I'll begin with this one. So we do agree a lot on the issues that we have. I think there's where we disagree is in certain approaches. You like to go down rabbit holes and you dig deep on some rabbit holes, whereas I go, not interested, don't care. I had enough information to form my opinion and form my thesis, if you will. I've got to view the world. I don't need to hear any more about that topic. I'm done with it. And you have a tendency to continue to have that and have those kinds of, that continue to do that kind of research and listen to those conversations. And I'm done with it. When I'm done, I'm done, which is different than you. You like to get a lot more, but you've got a great memory. And I think I've just got too much information coming at me. So I'm not making you wrong for that. What I realize is that I get full very fast because of just how much research I do. And so I get to a point where I go, nope, done, move on. If something new shows up, I'll listen to it. Now, do we ever fight? Yes. And it's usually because I'm right. Or I'm right. <laughs> Anyways, yes, we do fight. We don't uh, agree on certain things. And mostly it's approach to things more than it is on a specific issue. We don't let's say, debate politics, for example, we pretty much align. We don't debate on individuals and personalities. And, you know, she likes Jordan Peterson more than I like Jordan Peterson, you know, but we don't fight about it. And it's not that I don't like Jordan Peterson, but anyways, <laughs> see, no, we agree on most things is my point. Go ahead, Stefan. Yeah, I don't know if, if it's not that we agree on on different things, but if we do have a difference of opinion, it's fun to be able to debate it and to go into it. When we do fight, you're right. It's usually something about process. It's about something that we don't align on around efficiencies or we don't rely on or, or align on, on how we're going to get to an outcome. And I can get really fiery really fast. And I can, you know, really come up with a, because I'm so smart and creative, I can come up with that, with, you know, a reason or a response very, very quickly. You're very, you can be very loud. You have a big voice, so sometimes it can be intimidating. So I try not to buy into it if you're just trying to get your point across. And you you don't yell, but you you get loud. And uh, it used to really, really intimidate me. And I would shut down and not want to say what I needed to say. But then I realized it's not that you're being loud or yelling. It's just you, you're needing to be heard. And so what I've learned to do is go, okay, I need to stop for a minute, not defend myself or not, you know, react or respond in, out of out of frustration or anger, but to really listen. Because if your voice goes up, it's because what I'm seeing, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's because you're not feeling heard. And I just see how we, you know, it's like we battle to be heard and we battle to, because we're so committed to the outcomes of, of, of what we want to contribute in the world and how we want to make a difference and how we want to help people and move people forward into the next iteration of their lives. So when we're fighting, we're usually fighting about that. I never feel attacked. I never feel like you're fighting to 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 hurt me, you know. So I think that maybe is part of the question. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. No, I think that's it. I think that's answered. I don't find us. I don't think we're all that interesting. But I'm happy to answer these questions. Okay. 
I, I need to. So there's a, I watched a short video of a guy that was talking about, it was a father. That's what it was. And it was like, how do you approach your children? So we have, you know, as parents and we're past having a child lives at home who lives at home. But the point is, is he said, you know, we raise our voice with children, get ready for school. Don't forget your books, eat your breakfast, you know, and we're constantly kind of raising our voice or yelling at our children. And he was talking about the whisper. I think he called it the West whisper method. And what he did was in those moments, he whispered. And when you whisper just loud enough that people know that you're saying something, but they can't hear you, the person that you're speaking to has to actively listen. And if you don't, and if they don't, you just walk up and get closer to them and you whisper, don't forget to have your breakfast before you go to school, that kind of a thing. And it's called the whisper method, apparently. So the problem that I have is I've never learned how to whisper and I'm going to have to practice whispering. I'm going to try that. It might work. might work. And then, okay, so I will learn. I'm going to commit to learning how to whisper. Gosh, that's, that's hard for me to do, but I can do it. Next topic. Next question. I love the topics you guys discussed, but I feel there's more that you can dig into. Not quite sure what that means. Sometimes it sounds like you will go, go there, like express an opinion like Patrick does when he gets fired up about the government. I want to know more about what you think personally about all the stuff that has happened over the past three years, or maybe how you've navigated. No one is really talking about how they're getting through this. It just seems more uh, now the other side is right. I'm not quite sure what that means, but do you want to take this one? Sure. So the last part was, read the last part again. No one is really talking about how they're getting through this. It just seems more of now the other side is right. Ah, okay. Because one side was leading the narrative this whole time. And now there's more information coming out from the people that were kind of wanting to be heard or expressing their side. And now that's coming to the mainstream media, maybe. So it's still divisive. It's still po it's still polarizing. Um, okay. So let me just think about that for a second. Well, I think there's a fundamental that, you know, the question is how are people getting through this? I can't speak for others. I think that some people are just kind of in the TikTok of doing their day and that's great. And, and I think ultimately it's more of a survival mode. Uh, we talk about this in one of our podcasts. We're just talking about, you know, fear and concern and the challenges that many have faced in dealing with the fear that's coming up because it is really uncertain times. And, you know, as far as us and what we saw. We formed our opinions very on, very early on. We based those opinions on the research that we did. We created a thesis around it. And so then we navigated what was happening. Ultimately, we have our view of the world, but we don't need to argue or force our view onto others. So, you know, part of what this whole divisive and polarity or the polarizing conversations that are happening is I just don't get into it. I Initially, I did, and now I just don't. And, you know, my view of something or somebody else's view of something, you know, they can have it. That's theirs. I don't need to convince them that it's right or wrong. I just need to live my life. I'm there to support if we align on values. And if we don't, then we don't. Uh, I think that's the biggest way or the best way that we've done to navigate it for those who we can have conversations with it and, 
you know, if we see their side or they see how we are, if we're not actually aligned on something, but I'm not, I just don't need to fight about it. So at the end of the day, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I think what I heard in that question is that we talk about these things it, that have happened, and but we are more generalists. And what I'm hearing in the question is that maybe they want to hear more about how we got to our understanding of what was going on and how we, what have we done and how have we handled some of the, I mean, I've lost friends. I have family that won't talk to me for whatever reason. I mean, I, I don't know what that is, but they've made their formulations of who they think I am through this time and vice versa. And I think that's maybe what I'm hearing in the question is that we don't talk about, but to me, that's not what we're trying to offer. We're trying to offer a neutral, really empowered and, and creative space for people to look at both sides of, of, of situations and make decisions based on what's going on in their lives not necessarily based on a narrative that they're getting on the mainstream media or on the maybe the, the more fringe media over here, kind of the extremes. But how do we how do we open up the conversation and look at both sides and know that if we're having the conversation to support people to consider both sides, then you're going to have more information going forward. You're going to have more um, opportunities to make decisions. I mean, we listen to a multitude of, of thought leaders a multitude of people who are grounded in critical thinking, who are grounded in not doing the obvious, but always doing the opposite. So to me, I hope that comes across in these conversations. Um, if they want more about my opinion, I think that would be more of a personal conversation. But I don't really think that in in our in, in mindset matters. Mindset is 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 mindset. It's about who you're being going forward. I don't think really what I think or believe or what you think or believe really matters yeah but and but that goes back to i think what i was trying to say in that you know i don't need to make somebody wrong or i don't need to be right if somebody has a view of the world hopefully they've researched it and they've formed that view i look at both sides of the question as much as i hate listening to let's say a christian freeland or trudeau and at times i can't I'll still take a minute every so often just to hear what they have to say to see if any of it makes sense to me now. And it still doesn't, by the way. But the point is, is I will listen to both sides of a narrative and form my opinion from listening to both sides. And then I will choose a path. I'll choose a fork in the road or I'll stay neutral, whatever it might be. And I don't need to force the river. I think there's a lot of emotion in these times uh, that I've gotten caught up in the past. And now I'm just not buying into the emotion. I'm not rushing to make decisions. I'm just waiting and seeing how things are playing out. And that's kind of allowed me to stay a little bit more balanced in it all, I think, uh, in terms of navigating it. And, you know, I just had this conversation with a guest on the podcast and I asked him, you know, like, you're always in really good spirits. You're always one of those guys that you can be counted on if you're going to be talking to Randy it's going to be very positive. I says, how do you maintain that? He goes, really, really simple. I haven't watched mainstream media for five years, at least none, zero zip. I don't turn on the TV because it's all just talking heads scripted in which we've said many times ourselves. And so if you're looking to mainstream media to get your information, then it's going to be very shallow and narrow. And I don't know really what it has to do with anything. Maybe it's a, it's a bit of an update. Maybe. 
you know, I don't know. I just watch it. So neither do you. No. And so thanks for that, because I, I really, I think this is an important question only because if you think about how we're viewing the world right now and how other people are viewing the world, we're seeing it through our own filters and through our own values regardless. So I think what I would love to be able to kind of walk through is to bring up enough com conversations and controversy controversy it, to, to look at both sides so that if you are listening to this podcast, you can say, okay, maybe I need to listen to my Uncle Joe at Thanksgiving and maybe he does have, thing, have, have something interesting to say and, and maybe that would give permission for him to listen to me and, and to give space and, and, and grace for, for the other side of the conversation. And I think that's what's missing right now. And, and hopefully, I don't know if that answers the question. I didn't quite fully understand it, but I think it costs some, some good dialogue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a fundamental philosophy that we, you know, we, what we can't deny is this. The world is more messed up than it's ever been, I believe. I think that we can say, well, when was the last time we went through anything like this? And we haven't. But that's not to say that there hasn't been world wars and perhaps other wars that, were, that we were at the effect of. There has been financial stress and financial times, but this is at a global scale. So here's something that I think if I have a fundamental philosophy around any of it because of how much research I do and just the fact of what we do or what I do as part of the Real Estate Investment Network in terms of research is this. We've got all of the global macro issues that are going on. They're very real and they've escalated to a point where it seems like a real powder keg. It feels like, you know, we could have this whole bank and financial collapse through contagion, through the collapse of these initial banks. And will it carry on? We see uh, lots happening in Europe and in, in how it's melting down. We see the UK and how it's melting down and food shortages. And then you go over to Paris and, you know, Paris is on fire at the time of this conversation. I mean, they're just blowing stuff up in terms of the riots that are in the streets. And that is being uh, something that's happening right, right around the world and in many different countries. We're just not hearing about it directly. Again, you're not getting that kind of stuff on mainstream, uh, mainstream media. And I don't blame it, by the way. I mean, that just caused nothing but chaos, more of it, you know, fear and all the rest of it. You got China and you've got you, Russia, you've got Ukraine, you've got that war that seems to continue to be escalating. So all of that is real. But as we sit here in Canada today, we don't know where it's all going to go. So what do we do? We hope for the best or we plan on the best, but we in parallel have to consider and plan for the possibility of things going off the rails. And that's how we look at it in our businesses, how we look at it financially, how we look at it when we talk about what we're going to do in the future. So that's it. It's like you're running a parallel. It's you know hedging your bet on one side of it while living your life on the other. There's the reality of our living our life, knowing that all these other things are going on that we could be at the effect of. So we have to kind of hedge our bet, risk mitigate on that side and continue to live our life. Great. For a question we didn't understand, I think we handled it. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. We'll take, uh, do we want to get time for one more? We really don't. You're like squirrel down. There's got to be, what else? Okay. Here's a, a simple question for us. Do you, do you really have a poolside studio? Really? Yes. Yeah, we really do. We really do. How much do your wild dogs? Wait, now, what the heck is that? I yeah. followed them on Instagram. Oh, yes. Echo 
underscore DMD, Echo underscore DMD, if you want to follow Echo. How much should our dogs weigh? 100 pounds? I'm going to say 90 Echo, and I'm going to say Rango's probably pushing 90. Yeah, they're both yeah, 90 to that 100. They're pretty lean. They're pretty yeah. lean. They're very active. Okay, you use the term chosen family a lot. What does that mean? And what does your real family think about that? I don't think our real family has an opinion. And uh, chosen family is really just those individuals that we align with. That's I'm giving the answer. Then you can go ahead and give me your view of it. We align in our values. We align in our just overall life philosophy. So we're getting together with people that we can be comfortable with, authentic with. We're not having to guard words. We're not having to avoid or tiptoe around what is often controversial topics, whether, you know, whatever those, those controversial topics might be at the time. So that's it. And uh, chosen family. That's how I would describe that. Yeah, we do use that term a lot. I realize um, chosen family, it's not just people who we align with and agree with. It's also people that challenge our own narrative, but I, I don't feel quite as judged. I look at my historically, I think we're both really blessed as we have some of our blood family is also in our, I guess, our what we would call our chosen family. But what I find with, uh, let's say, relatives, for example, that the shoulds, like the Thanksgiving, the Christmas people that you get together once or twice a year or three times a year, they have very, I find, and this could be just me, very strong opinions, strong opinions about who they think I should be or who I was when I was eight or 10 or 15 or 20. And and there's no moving past that with with certain people in the blood family. And and I know how much I've changed. And, and not that I was a bad person, but I'm a I have different values now. I have different opinions on things. I have uh, a different view of the world than I had when I was 25 or 35. But most of the time, if you only see somebody in your family and they have this, what's it called? It's like this ownership, ownership that they know you. I knew you when you were eight and when you were born. And I'm like, that's awesome. But the truth is, I'm not that anymore. And I would love for you to come on this journey with me. But I found in my experience, and I'm not sure if this is yours as well, but in with some of the people that were, were the most important to me um, when I was younger, aren't as important because they can't see who I've become. They can't celebrate or be on this crazy creative journey that I'm on. They just want me to be in a little box in who they used to be or who I used to be when they know me when. So when I think of chosen family worth, uh, real, I, I guess maybe I, I I don't know what real family means. Does that mean your your birth family? I mean, what if what if you were adopted? What if you were you know what if <laughs> you, you you moved away? I mean, to me, family is is all about being with people who support you and want to see you grow and and be in your best interest. And I know I've made some mistakes with my birth family and asked questions or, or held to account or wanted a different and deeper relationship that they couldn't give me. So what I'm seeking in my chosen family or in our chosen family is not just, you know, alignment and agreement, but also to be held accountable and to be questioned and to be, to be respected and honored and to, to be able to have conversations that you can unpack and, and, and go down whatever rabbit holes you need to, and then have them bring you back to ground to, you know, break right back to center. So if I'm hearing the question correctly, it's for me, chosen family can also be blood family. It can also be people that I grew up with and, and known me since I was zero years old. 
but I don't want to have to be attached to them being my only family. Because in the world right now is I've got blood family that has no idea who I am and they think I'm rejecting them or I'm this weird random person that's out there and I, you know and I'm not we just don't align and there's no space for me to be myself cool well we've run out of time for these questions uh, we maybe we'll pick this up on uh, another podcast well, you know what? An AUA and ask me anything or an ask, ask us anything is really cool because you know what ASK is, right? The acronym is Always Seeking Knowledge. And I appreciate that this came up and that we put it out there and we got some questions from listeners. I don't know if we understood the questions, uh, but I hope we did a good job kind of unpacking. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap. Thanks, Stephanie. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.